When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis, hosting as usual, and I'm joined today by returning Reds legend Gary Bertels. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, good, thank you. Not too bad at all. And our Reds correspondent, Sarah Clapson, is back as normal this week. Sarah, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, not too bad. It's a year today since um, Forrest beat Leeds, famously, um, with Tyler Walker scoring that goal. I've seen that video going around a lot today. Uh, it's mostly been downhill since then in every sense of the word, but hopefully Nottingham Forest starting to turn the corner. They had a very nice 3-0 win against Wickham at the weekend, and they're now third in the form table for the last 10 games. Uh, an 18th in the actual table, so things are starting to look up. Uh, Sarah, you, you watched that game at, at Wickham. What did you make of it? I thought it was um, a really good performance from Forest. I thought they did pretty well. They were good value for the win. Um, overall, they played quite well. They scored some really good goals, defended really well. Um, I thought they um, yeah, they deserved the three points. It was a, a good afternoon's work, I think. Glenn Murray did exceptionally well um I thought his his first goal was brilliant um he worked really hard throughout and then he showed his intelligence by winning the penalty took it um put Forest 2-0 up um and the third goal was was really well worked a fantastic ball from James Garner I've seen it several times now it gets better every time you watch it it was absolutely brilliant picked out Joe Lolly he put in the cross um and Anthony Knockart um anticipated it finished it off um yeah and a great afternoon's work really um the, the definitely signs of positivity there I think be honest, Gary, what, what did you make of it when Murray signed? There was a lot of mixed reactions seeing he was 37. Were you on board with that signing before the Wickham game? I've always been on online, on side with that, that sort of a signing. I watched a lot of him last season at Brighton. I commentated uh, on quite a few Brighton games when he was there. And he made an impact when, whenever he played or when he came on a substitute. He's a handful, he's intelligent, his movement's very good. He's good in the air, he's a good outlet. And I think you, you saw with his first goal, you know, the movement there. It doesn't have to be extravagant movement. It, it's intelligent movement. You know, you look at where your defender is or the two defenders, get in between them, which is what he did. And that creates a little bit of panic in, in defenders. And the goalkeeper thinks, well, what do I do? Do I come? Do I stay? And in the, in the end, you know, he was in no man's land and that made Glenn's mind up for him. But he's still got a lot to do to finish that as, as well as he did. A fantastic finish from a, a proper striker. Yeah, I mean, let, let's go through the goals uh, individually because you're the perfect man to talk about them having you know scored so many yourself for Forest. In terms of the lob for the first goal, I mean, you know, that's so impressive, isn't it? Because he's barely kicked a ball for ages to have that instinct about him. It, just all about his experience, I guess. You never lose that instinct. You know, you you just don't as a striker. Um, I remember one of the few goals I scored at Manchester United. Um, against Wolves, it was a similar one. Uh, lobbed the goalkeeper from the edge of the box, and 
you know, you have a quick look up, you know, you're just aware of what's around you before you actually get involved. You know, you're always on the move. You're always watching for, you know, the, the movement of defenders or where the goalkeeper is. And Gled did that perfectly. You know, the position he took up from the ball that was played was excellent. And yes, the goalkeeper came off his line. But how many times do you see people get it wrong, put it wide, go too far over the bar? It was perfection. And I think it's lifted a lot of player, you know, people. I think the squad's been lifted by somebody like him coming in. I think his his um, his fitness looks fantastic. He looks in really good shape. Um, so you know, I've got no qualms. He, he probably won't be able to play as many games as you'd like him to play consecutively because of the nature of the championship. But my word, what an asset to have! Um, before we talk more about Murray in the next next few weeks, just talk to us about that that second goal. He gets in between two defenders from a bit of a nothing free kick, really, uh, and wins a penalty. And again, that must be nice, mustn't it, to get your body in the right position to to win the spot kick? Well, strikers do that, don't they? Good strikers do that. They know when the contact's going to come. You you can play for that sort of contact. You try and entice the challenge from the defender, and uh, you know he, he got exactly that. And uh, he's been doing that all his career. You know, that's his job up there. You know, if you can't get it yourself, you know, you, you try and encourage a mistake from a defender. And he did exactly that. And, yeah, the goalkeeper got a hand on his penalty, but he got enough power in it. Doesn't matter. No pictures. Two goals. You know, great start for him. The first two goals, Sarah, you could argue Wickham had quite a, you know, a substantial hand in in the build-up through some pretty dodgy defending without taking anything away from Murray. The third goal you can't argue about, can you really? You mentioned Garner's ball. It's good to see Lolly showing some energy and a winger arriving on the other side of the box to finish across where so often that ends up just being cleared this season. The Forest were finally strung it together, didn't they? Yeah, it was a really well-worked goal. Um, that pass from Garner was absolutely brilliant. Um, picked out Joe Lolly. I thought he looked really good when he came on Lolly. He's had a bit of a quiet season, hasn't quite looked himself, but he made a difference when he came on. He looked bright and lively, um, put the ball in. Anthony Knockhart did well to anticipate it and then provided the finish. It was, yeah, it, it was a really good goal, I thought, and the, a nice team goal as well. That's been a big gripe of yours this season, hasn't it, Gary? Men in the box and quality across. To see Forrest do that must be encouraging. I think you've got to give Chris credit for the people he's brought in. I think before, you know, the criticism has been of the the players that have been brought in, who's brought them in, who's chosen them. I think this time we could see who has chosen the players who have come in. And, uh, you know, the the mix he's got of the, the you know, young element in Ghana coming in, who's desperate to prove a point. You know, playing one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, you know, and then Glenn Murray coming in. The um, the boy from uh, West Brom is it from West Brom? Yeah, Kravinovic. Yeah. Um, I think the blend of those, and I think what it's done for the rest of the squad has lifted everybody. They've seen some experienced players come in, and they've seen some quality come in. And you look at Garner. His first thought in his mind is not to go backwards or square. He wants to turn. He wants to go forward. He wants to get involved further up the pitch. He wants to make something happen. He wants to play a positive ball. And I think that's going to just benefit everybody at the club, you know, in, in a forward position, whether it be, you know, Lyle Taylor, whether it be Lewis, whether it be Glenn. I think, um, you know, those two signings supply-wise could be pivotal in, in Forest picking up and, you know, getting a bit of consistency and just moving out of the uh, the troubled spot they're in. 
It must make a big difference as a striker, Gary, mustn't it, to know that you've got two midfielders on the pitch now that can pick a pass, get the ball wide into a good position for wingers to put better quality in the box. It must be encouraging for Murray or Graben, whoever's up front there, to make their runs and think they must have a decent shot of getting on the end of it now. Without a doubt, but then, you know, let's not leave Amiobi out of the equation. You just mentioned Lolly looked a little bit more like himself. You know, there's been a bit of criticism of him. Um, you know, he's just gone off the boil a little bit. But before, you know, the, the, the system Forrest played was very difficult for a striker playing up front. We've, we've talked about this before. And it's difficult for the man on the ball in midfield because he's not got a lot to hit. But when you've got players turning, the first thing in the mind is turning. I was always told that. First thing in the mind, right, you turn, you try and take your man on. If you can't do that, then you play it square, you play it back. But the first thing in your mind, turn. And you can see that with Garner. That, that's what he wants to do. That's why he's at a top club. You know, you don't get picked at a top club if you can't do those sort of things. And, you know, it's a joy to see somebody of that age want to come and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Not just for him, but for the team. Sometimes it's easy for lone players to come in and say, right, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just go there and, you know, go through the motions. How often do you see that happen? Not, It doesn't look like that with him whatsoever. And, you know, that it's got to be massive positive and big thumbs up for Chris. What can we expect from Garner, Sarah, as a young player? Is it a, a bit too much for us to him to be, you know, the second coming of Paul Scholes every game? It's not really realistic, is it, in the 19? Yeah, I mean, he's going to have bad games, isn't he? He's going to be, he's going to have dips in his form. He's bound to, he's only 19, but he's got such class and composure about him. Um, and he's so good on the ball. His range of passing is really good. It just gives Forrest that spark and that, that drive to get forward, really. Um I think he can play a really key role in the next few months and it'll, it'll make such a difference having that option. I think Forrest have got a lot of a lot of midfielders. There's a lot there for Chris Hewton to choose from, but Garner's something a bit different. He offers something that perhaps some or a lot of the others don't do. Um, I, I think him and Ryan Yates could really work together as a partnership in, in midfield. I know Yates and Sam Basal did well before they both got injured, but I think Yates and Garner could, could work well as a combination. I just want to go back to Murray um, before we move on. I mean, there's no midweek game this week. So uh, if Graben's fit on Saturday, Gary, would you go with Murray again, knowing, bearing in mind he's had a week to rest, or would you bring Graben back? No, i go with Murray. I've got, you've got to, on, on the evidence of what we saw. He's not played six or seven games, so he's still fresh. And he'll thrive playing against somebody like Bournemouth. I mean, remember Brighton, Bournemouth. You know, the, the rivalry, the, like the derby situation down there, it, it'd be absolute common sense to play him in, in a game like that. And Bournemouth are having a bit of a stutter themselves. They're not playing particularly well. Manager gets sacked. New guy comes in. They'll be looking to turn things around. But when you've got somebody who's scored two goals, it'd be folly to leave him on the bench. I'd rather say, right, Glenn, give me an hour. You know, the, we've got Lewis, we've got Lyle on the bench. But if you can give me an hour or more, I'll be delighted with that. And you never know, with that hour, he could score one or, you know, he could score in the game and set things up. So I would definitely start with him. Oh, well, I definitely would. Yeah, as well, I would. For exactly the same reasons. Would you, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any need really to change the team too much from last Saturday. Maybe bring Lolly, start with Lolly. Um, but other than that, I think I'd pretty much... Why change it when it's done so well, when you've got the win at the weekend? Um, and also... A lot of people, Sarah, will say, 
well, it, it was only Wickham. They got beat. How many by Brentford? But when you mm. get beat that many, the next game is the, it could be a worse one for the team you're playing against because yeah. things will have been said in that Wickham dressing room, right, that's not good enough. Yeah, Brentford are a good team. Right, we've got Forest. The confidence is not particularly high, maybe. You know, we can go and turn this around maybe and get a win. But mm. that Forest, Forest didn't allow that to happen. You know, it was a no. day because of that previous result. But it was professional. I think the only the only change you'd make, if anybody, is McKenna coming back. Um, you know, I think his partnership with Worrell, you know, has looked really good. Uh, but what, yeah, like you say, why change? Mm. Yeah. I think uh, Brighton are beatable as well on Saturday. Oh, Brighton. Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, it feels like oh, for Brighton. <laughs> I wouldn't mind playing Brighton. We'd be in a different well, league then, but, you yeah. know, let's take what we can. Um, what about the injuries, Sarah? Just give people a, a quick update. I think McKenna might be a bit further away, but everyone else is about right, aren't they? Yeah, I think McKenna sounds like it's more weeks than um, than anything. It sounds like he'll be a, a little while yet. Um, Graben, uh, it's not too serious with his problem. Um, Amiobi, I think they're hoping that he'll be OK um, for for the weekend. Sal, Arta, Yates, I think they were hoping they might be involved in training this week, but it might come too soon for them Saturday. They're still trying to, they're still working their way back really. So they are getting numbers back. They are getting there, making progress on that front. Um, and that will be a massive help for Chris Hutton because he's, he's had quite a lot of injuries to contend with in the last few weeks. Hmm. Um, a comment here from Simon Robinson um, about Luke Freeman and other people saying, you know, Sonny Reid here says don't change a winning team. So there's a, a debate to be had there. I mean, where do we stand on Luke Freeman, who's not really made the impact? Is there a, a player there, Gary, still, or, or is this not the season for him? Uh, when he came, everybody thought, well, you know, that's maybe just what we need. But not everybody who comes in is going to make an immediate impact. Um, it's difficult when you've come from the Premier League and you you step down to the Championship into a team that's struggling, you know, to make an impact. You know, you can't be expected to do it by yourself. I think with the quality that's coming now and the experience, you know, the bright connection's obvious, you know, with Bong and uh, Murray and Knockart, you know, it's... Chris trusts these people. You know, he wouldn't bring them in just for the sake of it if he didn't think they were going to make things happen. And by bringing those sort of players in around you, it can lift everybody because they can see the professionalism played in the Premier League. And, you know, you respect that. So I think it's been a, you know, sort of a masterclass bringing those players in. And it, it certainly looks to have lifted the spirits. I'm not, I'm not sure because I'm not privy to what goes on behind the scenes. But it certainly seems to have made an impact. And Garner, not a lot of people know about him. I didn't know anything about him at all. I'm sure a lot of Forest fans didn't. But when you've got a player coming from the quality of that football club, you know you've got half a chance. And so far, he's shown in abundance the, the ability he possesses. And like you say, Sarah, the range of passing he has mm. uh, can only be good. And they've got a, a wealth of talent in that squad now. In different positions, you've got Amiobi, you've got Lolly, you've got forward-thinking players. You can change things around a little bit, but I think Chris has now got in his mind his starting eleven if everybody's fit. And once you've got that as a manager, then you can move forward. Before, he's still learning about his squad. There's a hell of a lot of players at that football club at the moment. And it's not always easy to 
trawl through it and say, well, yeah, that's my starting eleven very quickly. But I think he's get to the point where he knows that, and that's very important. And you know, experience can be vital when you, you're in trouble. And we're seeing that at the moment. Early days, we're still not where we want to be. You know, two or three wins. You know, a bit more consistency, and you know, things could soon turn around. Um, Gary talks there about the starting eleven and Chris knowing that in his mind. The Bryson Mafia are going strong now with Bong. Um, <laughs> Uh, playing his part. Is Bong the first choice left back, Sarah, now? Ribeiro was on the bench and Bong's done all right again, hasn't he? No, it's interesting, that one. Um, I actually asked Chris Euton about that last week and he said that, contrary to what we've just said, he doesn't see first choice players. He picks it based on form and on the opposition. But I suspect that's a, a little bit bending the truth. I'm sure there's certain positions where there are first choice, um, undoubtedly. But that left back one is interesting. Um Bong's done well when he's come in. He's looked all right. Um not that Yui Ribeiro had done anything bad. I think the the two of them they're they're two good options, but if if Chris Hutton wants to go with players that he knows and that he, he trusts, then you know clearly he's worked with Gaten Bong before. He knows what to expect. He knows there's that link up there um, with Glenn Murray with Anthony Knockart, and it's a, a good combination. Um, so I think probably for for Saturday he'll stick with Gaten Bong. But whether long term Yuri Ribeiro can work his way back in, um, I think that's going to be a really interesting one. I say yeah. I I agree with you about the the, the point you made about. Uh, form play pick players on form but never pick players on opposition that was one thing Mm. Brian Clough we we never worried about the opposition it was about us if you set your stall out and you do your things right you ask the opposition to make you you know make them react don't go the opposite way and say well we're just going to play you know a a team because we're playing so and so we you know just uh, Brian Clough always put his first team out and said right Anyone who beats that lot, they're, they're going to do well. And I think that's right. It gives everybody confidence. But if you play, maybe, I mean, I've never managed at that level, obviously, but I'm just going on what, you know, I was I was brought up with in that respect. And I think respect, I was always told to respect your opposition, but don't fear them. Don't, don't, tr- we never trained for anything the opposition did when we, you know, when we played at Forest. It was about us. The, the opposition had to worry about us. Never worry about the opposition. Just go in there, believing you're going to be, you know, you're better than them. And respect them, yes, but you're better than them. And I just hope Chris, you know, will do that. I'm sure he will. Is that the attitude to go to Bournemouth with then, Gary? I mean, like you said, they are wobbling a bit. I know they're sixth, but the form we're tables are flipped upside down, aren't they? We're at home, aren't we? Uh, yeah, sorry, face yeah, Bournemouth. Home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Bournemouth are... You know, they're down on the heels a little bit at the moment. They've lost the manager. You know, one they, I'm sure they liked and trusted. Um, it's it's always difficult for a new man coming in uh, to turn things around. So yeah, I'll, it's a good time to play them and just don't fear them because they've been in the Premier League. Don't fear them because they have a you know they started well. They're up there by right, but of late, you know, it, it has been a little bit of a struggle. So. You know, strike while the iron's hot, and you know, keep your your team that beat Wickham as much as you can. And you know, if it doesn't work, you've got plenty on the bench to come on and make a difference. Mm, true, true. We we mentioned Yates. We sort of can't go through an episode of this without talking about Yates. There, <laughs> does he maybe have to be a bit patient now? Then, I mean, it's, it, it was Cafu and Garner on Saturday in front of the back four. Colbach's fits again. 
what's the short-term pairing in midfield for the next game or two? Yeah, I mean, I think it will probably be the same for Saturday. Um, I think Jack Colback is still working his way back to full fitness, so I don't think he's ready to start. Um, Yates is obviously still sidelined, so I, I don't see any reason for Chris Hewton to change that. But but going beyond that, I think I, I would bring Yates back in. I think he's he's done well this season. He's he's looked consistent. He's he's you know made an impact on games. I know people point out that the last few. Results have come while he's not been in the team. But before that Middlesbrough game, he'd been a part of some other good performances and, and good results. So I don't think I don't think you can pin that on him. I think him and, and Garner could work well together. So I'd I'd be looking at that partnership. They're both you know they both got some good legs in them. They're they're quite young. Um, I think that that could work. Does age matter, Gary? I mean, it would be a nineteen-year-old and a twenty-three-year-old. Is that is that a factor in picking a team or not? No, it's about ability. You know, it's who said it. You could never win anything with kids. Um, yeah, it's 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 always been about ability, not about age. You look at Phil Foden. You know the the impact he had on the game yesterday for Manchester City, absolutely exceptional. Uh, although uh, you know you've got to question uh, Alisson in goal. I think Alisson Moyet could have done better than. Uh, <laughs> oh crikey! What was that all about yesterday? <laughs> Unbelievable. You, you watch it and you, you just sat there with an open mouth thinking, yeah, but it's, you know, you look at people like Foden and you look at Madison and Peter Lester and people like that. You know, the, the Gareth Southgate's giving players like that the opportunity at international level. So why not a club level? You know, if you're good mm-hmm. enough, get out there, you know, and, and prove it. And, you know, managers who do that, I've got every admiration for it. You know, yes, it's great to have experience in your team. But if you've got somebody who is young, who is vibrant, who can produce, then let let him go. Let him off the leash. Probably works the other way as well with, with Murray. People pointing about his age, but, you know, he's shown that he's good enough. So why not stick with him? Most hmm. people at 37 will be thinking of packing it in. He doesn't like he wants to pack it in at all. And I love that. I've always, hmm. I spoke to Leon Dublin years ago. You know, um, so play as long as you can. You know, because you're a long time out of the game. You know, as long as you can carry on, if your body can stand it, do it. I mean, I was lucky I, I got to 36, but then my body told me I can't do any more, you know, because I'd, I'd played so many games. And in those days, you know, you're whacked all over the place. But now it's different. They're, they're looked after better. They look after themselves better. And Glenn still looks as if he's hungry to play. And I love that. And players don't like playing against him. Because they know he's got that quality, you put him on the pitch, and they'll they'll think, oh, Glenn Murray, not again. If we get, we know what he can do, we know what he's, you know, he can do to hurt us. What his abilities are, and he's difficult to stop. And when you've got that in your team, oppositions don't like it, and you, you've got one over on them to start with because they know they've got to be on their best performance to try and stop somebody like Glenn Murray. And that puts them on the back foot a little bit. You know, rather than going on the front foot, you're playing against somebody like Glenn Murray and it's in your mind as a defender. Well, it would be if, it, it was, mm. if I played at the back, knowing that I'm marking somebody like him. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think the acquisition, you know, has, has been a very good one and long may it prosper. There's a question for you here, Gary, from uh, Greg Orham about Lyle Taylor and where he fits in now. I mean, he's 
clearly third choice in the pecking order now. So what would you be looking for from him in the next few weeks in terms of a response? Well, I think he's been unfortunate. I, I'm baffled a little bit by it because I like honesty in players. And I think he is very, very honest when he's on the football pitch. You know, he puts himself about, he chases across that line. And believe me, I played up front by myself in that European Cup final against Hamburg. And that is not an easy role to play, believe me. It's a thankless task. And I watch him. I always watch strikers play. And when I've watched him, he doesn't get a lot of you know, service when he's in the box because he's doing a lot of his good work outside the box, trying to close defenders down. He'll run right across the line to try and climb. The number of times I've seen him slide in and try and get a block in to, you know, to stop the defenders clearing it and things like that. And I think sometimes his honesty may go against him a little bit. You know, maybe he's not getting positions that you know, is expected of a striker because he's, he's too honest in trying to do things for the team outside the box. Um, you know, Lewis is a different player altogether. He, he, you know, he, he never has a great amount of touches in a game. Um, and that can be infuriating a little bit. Um, but you've got three strikers there are, are now different strikers. So it's good headache for Chris to have. You know, he's got three different players who he can play against any defence. And all three of them will offer something to upset those defence defences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't get his head down. You know, just keep training well and, you know, prove to Chris that he's worth a place in the side. And I'm sure he'll get his chance because, like I say, at 37, Glenn's not going to play every game. You know, at that age, I'm sure, you know, your body would love to, but it, it's, it doesn't happen. So you've just got to stick with it. Let's look ahead then to the next um, six games and start actually look up the table for once, which is quite nice. I'm not <laughs> saying Forest are going to stay up for sure, but it's nice to look look up and you know dream a little bit. Um, Bournemouth, Swansea, Blackburn, Rotherham, Derby and Luton. An interesting mix of games there. Forest has done very well recently against teams down the bottom half of the table. Obviously, Coventry, Wickham and a, a point against Barnsley who are decent this season. What are we thinking about the next six games, Sarah? Are we getting excited or are you kind of trying to keep perspective of who they've beaten in the last two games? Yeah, well, that, these next few games are really going to be the test, aren't they? It, against teams down the bottom, Forest have done pretty well and, you know, they beat the teams that you expect them to beat if they're going to stay up. It's this next step that's going to see whether they have made progress and whether... You know whether there's more to come. Um, I think Bournemouth is definitely winnable. Um, Swansea looks really difficult. Um, having watched that FA Cup game, um, Blackburn Rovers game, I think they could get something from that. Um, I mean, they've they've just got to try and and it's such a cliche, but take it game by game and try and pick up the keep their momentum going that they've started to build they're going to go into these this block of games feeling pretty confident because they're on a bit of a run and they've started to play well and they've got these options now that the new signings have made a difference so there's nothing to to fear from going into these games I think it will just be a real test for them we'll be able to see at the end of it how much progress they have made I think um, and and take it from there really what about you, Gary? Are you feeling ambitious or still nervous about the bottom three? Uh, you're still nervous a little bit. Um, I mean, you, you look at Rotherham, the run they're on at the moment. You know, don't underestimate them. You know, we, they're one of the teams we struggle against, you know, habitually, like Barnsley. Uh, you know, they hammered Derby. Was it 3-0? Mm-hmm. The other, 
Um, you know, they're on a great run themselves. They've got two games in hand of, uh, hand of us. And you, you're looking at fear in the Bournemouth and the Swansea's. I, the Swansea game, I think, would be totally different to the Cup game because it was a Cup game. Mm. And with all due respect, you know, teams don't show the respect anymore that the, the FA Cup may, may deserve. So I think, you know, it'll be a different game. But there's nothing to fear by going to Swansea. Nothing at all. There's not, nothing to fear going anywhere in the Championship. You know, the squad they've got, you put it up against other squads in the Championship and you would think if you, were, you didn't know where the positions of the league were at the moment, you look at Forest squad and say, oh, that's not a bad squad. You know, they should be, I bet they're doing all right. But, you know, we're not doing all right at the moment. We're doing a hell of a lot better. Um, but the, the ones that worry me more than anything are the Rotherham game, the Luton game. Because Luton, you've, you've got to hold your hands up, you know, for teams like Luton, because they are b- punching above the weight. Lowest budget in the championship. Rotherham are probably similar. Derby, local derbies, are, as we all know, go out the window. Form goes out the window. So they're the three that would worry me more than the, you know, the Bournemouth and the Swansea games. It might be the other way around. You know, it's the nature of the championship. But, you know, the, the, the momentum we've got at the moment... Clean sheet against uh, Wickham was, I think, excellent for morale as well. You know, we talk about Glen Murray scoring two, but it's about cl- keeping a clean sheet and that will give the back four and a goalkeeper a lot of confidence. So I think going into these games, we, we don't need to, need to fear anybody. You know, we need to say, like I said before, right, you worry about us, whoever we're playing. You worry about us. Look at us. You know, look at the run we're on. You know, look at the players we've got in our squad now. You know, these players will make a difference. You stop us. It's a different forest now. You know, we're having more shots on target. You know, we're having more possession. We're looking more threatening in the final third. And that has only got to be, you know, a massive positive for everybody at the club. Do you see what Gary's talking about, Sarah, in terms of hurting teams? For quite a long time under Houston, it was more about containment and not getting beat, wasn't it? And now with Kravinovic and Garner do we see a team that can actually go out and, and hurt teams and put them on the back foot for the first time under Houston? Yeah, I think so. They look like they've got more creativity about them. I think the the priority for Houston is still defensively. He He's, by nature, I think, quite a cautious manager and he wants his teams to, to set up to be tough to be. And that, that's no bad thing. If you've got a solid defence, which, which Forest have, and they have had for most of the season I know they've had a few wobbles and they've looked a bit dodgy in some games but but by and large they've done all right defensively and particularly since Hewton's come in he he made that a a key factor Um, but they do look like they've got more about them going forward now they look more of a threat they've looked these last two games particularly I think they have looked more like they could create something and cause teams problems Whoever's played up front, they've been less isolated for much of the season, whether it was Grabham, whether it was Lyle Taylor. Um, they've been stuck up there on their own, whereas now they're getting more support and the final ball has been better. They they look more capable of creating more chances and giving striders like Murray, like Grabham, like Lyle Taylor more chances. Um, they look like they're going to score more goals. I think... Previously, you were going into games and thinking, I don't know where a goal is going to come from. I don't know who's going to create something. You were kind of nervous from that perspective, really. Whereas now they've got that confidence, they've got that momentum and they've got that ability to know that they can go and beat teams 
by scoring two, three goals. Um, and also the other night coming from behind as well, that was important. I think we were saying afterwards that it was the first time for a long time that Forrest have come from behind and got a win. And that's got to give you something. You've got to take a lot from that. They're kind of putting those those little doubts to, to one side now. And you're kind of feeling a bit more confident, a bit more optimistic when they're going into games. That What's annoying is that they, they've put this good run together, but they're still down there in the table. They've not moved up that much. There's still a, a quite a small gap between them and the bottom three. But all they can do is keep putting this, keep this run going and hopefully that grows and you drag more teams into it because it's so tight that there's so many teams in in and around them. Um, there's a lot a lot of teams that are, are in danger still. I mean, if we saw the, the game, was it the Coventry game? Is that what mm. you took? Yeah. I mean, we won the game with having one shot on target and we won 2-1. Yeah. Goal. You know, you're going to get games like that. But I, I think the more this, this squad grows together now and, you know, but it, it gets more consistency and we, we see a regular pattern. You know, we, we see, you know, two or three, four games where it could be the same team played. And if you get confidence within those three or four games and you're winning games, believe me, that, that buzz it gives you as a, an individual and as a squad is incredible. You know, you feel like you can't get beat. And I'm sure that's what Chris is trying to get implanted in the, the players' minds, in the squad's mind. He's got to keep everybody happy, which is going to be one of the most difficult things because there are so many players within the squad. Um, so, yeah, if you if you beat Bournemouth, that just take one game at his t- you know at a time. It's a cliche, of course it is, but it is important to see it like that. It's a great opportunity. It's on the telly. You're at home. You're playing against a team that are expected to go straight back up uh, or are having a bad time. So try and get on the front foot as early as you can against them put them under more pressure and make them feel even more nervous. You know, respect them, but don't think, oh, it's Bournemouth, crikey. You know, they've been in the Premier League. Don't think that. They're having a bad run themselves. Yes, they're up there because they started well, but you're on a good run yourselves. And, you know, I, I just think what what did the likes of Glenn Murray bring to the, the team are, are respect from people within the squad already because they respect his career and what he's done. And you can look up to somebody like that. And, you know, the same, you know, with you know, like McKenna and people like that. Players who are a little bit vocal, you know, who make a difference on the training pitch and around the, around the place itself. It's so important to get all that. You can't just take it on the pitch sometimes. It's got to be an all-round thing. When you, you go training, you put in your best every time you go training. Never pull back from what you should be doing in training. And, you know, that's why players play at the Premier League, because they do that throughout the career. They don't, um, what's the, what the word I'm looking for? They, they, they don't change what they do. They're just winners. They want to be winners, whether on the training pitch, whether on the pitch on a Saturday afternoon. And that's why they play at the Premier League level for a long time. They don't get better, they get more consistent. And, you know, that respect is rightly there for somebody like Glenn. And he, he can make a difference without a doubt. Do you think that's an overlooked point about the transfer window that just gone, Sarah, in that players will look and see, oh, you know, Glenn Murray, like Gary says, he's got a track record. Philip Kravinovich, he was good against us last season for West Brom. 
James Garner, oh, I know about him through, you know, May United is the next big thing. Will players see that and see you joined up thinking from the manager and the transfer, you know, side of it and not see a fellow who they've never heard of, um, who, you know, who's been in Olympiacos' reserves for two years? You know, that must be uh, good for the squad to see and it, uh, it must send a good message that they seem to be building on. Yeah, I think so. And, and probably as well that, like we've said already, that they're Chris Hutton's signings, they're his picks, they're players that he wants. I'm sure that has an effect as well. And you can see the players that are already there, they can see what the manager's trying to do and what he's trying to build. They're players that have got, or albeit perhaps not James Garner to the same degree as the others, but they've got experience in this division. They know what what to expect. And when you're stuck down at the, the bottom of the table, that's a big thing. Uh, likewise, bring, bringing in players with the right character as well. I think that's a big point and making sure that you've got a good group. I think the last few weeks, the team spirit has looked really good. They've, they've looked like more of a, a unit, I think, and look like they're more willing to work for one another and, and work together. Um, I think this season earlier on, the the spirit didn't quite look the same as it did last year. And that was such a key thing last year. The fact that they were all willing to run for each other and they were all putting their bodies on the line for each other. And it really took them a long way. Whereas this year, it's, that's not quite been the case. But it looks like they're getting there. And I know that comes with results as well. If you're if you're losing every week, then you know morale's not going to be great. You wouldn't expect that. You would expect it to be different. Um when you're winning games and when you're picking up points, then, you know, everybody's going to be in a good mood and buoyant and you'd hope that morale would, would take care of itself. But they seem to work well as a group. And I guess that that Brighton connection is probably part of that because they're players that have worked together before that know the manager and obviously like working with each other. So I think just in general, that it has been a, a good transfer window from that point of view for a lot of reasons, really, because... Chris Hutton's started to put his stamp on the squad and it's paying dividends on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, what One player I've kind of resisted talking about for the last few weeks because you don't want to put a jinx on him is the goalkeeper, um, who, who does seem to be back to his best, doesn't he, Sarah? I mean, he's going to throw one in his net against Bournemouth now, but he, he, Bree Samba does look better, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, he really does. The last couple of games, he's looked really good. I'm sure that clean sheet on Saturday will have, have done him the power of good as well. But he's made some great saves. And in general, he's just looked more composed and more comfortable and commanded his area better, I think. He's just, he has looked more like himself. He's, he is a, he's you know, he's always been a, a good goalkeeper, but he's made some really bad errors this season. And they've been costly. Whereas now you, you kind of feel more confident about him. Um, and he seems to have that in himself, whether he kind of just went through a little bit of a dip or, or whether the fact that they've changed the defence a bit. You know, we've had quite a few different central defensive combinations throughout the season, whether it was just kind of getting used to them and getting used to new players. Um, the fact now it's been Worrell and Figueredo while um, Scott McKenna's injured. Maybe that's helped him because obviously he knows them before. They work well together. Um I think he he does look like he's getting back to his best and, and that's huge. You want your, your goalkeeper to be in that kind of confident form. I don't want to compare him to Peter Shilton, Gary, but the importance of a, a consistent good goalkeeper is pretty um, massive, isn't it? Well, without a doubt. I mean, last season he was the best goalkeeper for me in the championship, uh, bar none. And you look at goalkeepers in the Premier League, you know, Jordan Pickford, England goalkeeper, He's he's been going through a little bit of a, 
a confidence lapse. You know, there's talk of the other goalkeeper at the club taking his place. And you look at Alisson, who's probably the best goalkeeper in the world. You know, just inexplicable what he did yesterday. Uh, the two goals, yeah. I, I thought he was at fault for the third goal as well. You know, yeah, it was a good goal, good strike. But you, you saw him go down more or less on his knees at the near post. Get hit, you know, get hit in the face. But goalkeepers do go through problems like strikers do in front of goal. You know, they do have the lapses and, you know, the good ones come through it. And, you know, they are dependent on what's in front of them sometimes. And uh, they goalkeepers and strikers always get picked out because they're the ones who are supposed to, you know, one's supposed to stop everything, the other one's supposed to score everything. Midfield players have always been the luckiest players because they can just dawdle along in midfield. You know, they, they don't get the stick that strikers and goalkeepers get. But that's part of, uh, you know... The, the position you play but yeah it's good to see him back I think it's always good when he's got confidence in the people in front of him as well and uh, Joe Worrell has come back in I think uh, to the form where we're expected from him I, I still love to see him play um, I, because he, he talks to everybody he's vocal um, and you know that that's good for everybody around but um, yeah he, he'll He'll have his bad days, everybody does, but he'll have more good days than bad days. And if you've got a keeper like that in your squad, it gives you a hell of a lot of confidence, believe me. It's just highlighted, isn't it, when your keeper has a bad day? If your keeper has a bad day, then you know about it in the final result more often than not. I mean, the the, the Allison goal, yes, the, the third one, reminded me of Phil Parks all those years ago, the Johnny Mack got free kick that everybody still talks about. That ball's still travelling somewhere from there. <laughs> Bill Parks, he was about six foot six, and he he went down to about five foot eight. You know, it was he, he he sank, and it was similar to what Allison did yesterday. Um, but you know, goalkeepers like that will bounce back. Allison has been unbelievable. Um, I think those two mistakes we were talking about—that's just the nature of what goalkeepers have to do now, and what they're expected to do. You know, they're expected to get the ball at the feet. They're expected to ping it fifty yards to a player's foot. Instead of just getting rid of it, you know, if they just kick it up the pitch, they'll probably get told off. Um, so that's the nature of the, the game at the moment, how keepers at that level have to play now. Um, but, you know, our, our goalkeeper, I'm more than delighted with him. I wouldn't swap him for anybody. And I, I, my, I, I've been lifted by what I've seen over the past few weeks. Uh, it would have been so easy to drift really badly into... Poor form down at the bottom and continue it and get sucked in. At least we're out of that situation, uh, which helps. Others are in it. You know, Derby, it looked like they were going to come out of it um, under Wayne Rooney. And all of a sudden, Rotherham go there and absolutely hammer them. Um, so, you know, that championship is still one of the most unpredictable leagues in world football. Uh, it will continue to be like that. And all you have to do, you know, if you put a run together... You can soon move very, very quickly up that table with three points for, for a win. I always go back to Roy Keane and Sunderland. You know, they were right down at the bottom and all of a sudden they went on an unbelievable run, got promoted. You know, and Bournemouth had a really good start to the season. Norwich are having a little bit of a stutter at the moment. You know, you thought they were going to go clear. Brentford are the ones who are, you know, the ones who seem to be um, beating everybody at the moment. They're very dangerous, but... Don't fear anybody in that league. Always believe in yourselves first. If you if you go into a game worried about opposition, then you, you're on the back foot straight away. Go out with that confidence. You worry about us. We're not worrying about you. Respect you, but we're not worried about you. 
you know, you've got some good players, but we've got better players. That's how you've got to approach it. You've touched on what I wanted to finish on, Gary. I wanted to get your take on either end of the table. Um, if we look at the bottom then, are you of the opinion that with 16 points, Wickham are gone? And are there two other teams that you're particularly worried about with Sheffield Wednesday and Birmingham, the other two in the drop zone at the moment, and then Derby, Rotherham, Coventry, and then Forest just above them? I think Birmingham could get sucked into it yeah, quite easily. Um, you know, Wickham do look for all intents and purposes that, you know, it, it, it is a little bit too much for them to, to stay in there, but you never know. Um, Sheffield Wednesday did well to react to the points deficit at the start of the season, um, but it, it's going to be difficult for them. I think when you look at our squad compared with most people, maybe in the bottom half, we've got a better squad than any of them. You know, and that's just that, that's not being big headed or anything. We have, we have quality players in there. We have better players, and people will be surprised that we're still down there. But now I think the turning point can happen. Um, I think it's good to play against teams like Bournemouth because when you play against teams like that, you tend to lift yourself a little bit more. Um, so you win that one Saturday, and I think anything's possible. Okay, so let's say they win that one on Saturday then. And we look at the top of the table. We're getting a bit fanciful here, but Norwich, Brentford and Swansea look very good and they look a bit, you know, they're five points at least ahead of the rest. And then you've got Reading, Watford and Bournemouth. And if Forest were to win, and it's a very big if, they'd be 10 points behind Bournemouth, who are currently six, with 16 games to go. Would you start dreaming then, or am I just talking absolute nonsense there, Gary? I think so. You're talking about... That's yeah. normal, isn't it? You, 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 you can't think like that. You, you no. always get the highest point. Of course you do. Um, but the, you've got to take where we are at the moment and say, right, we want to get out of where we are now. We want to be mid-table at least. We don't want to be involved in a relegation battle. That's all that matters at the moment. It's not about getting up there and then getting into contention. It's about getting out of that bottom half, getting yourself stabilise there and if we go on and we, we do win games and we do win games and we get you know close that'd be great but if not then it's preparation for next season you know and I think um, it, it, it's going to be taking that long for Chris because of the amount of players he has in that squad that's been the problem he's had to look at so many players and go through so many situations in his mind that he can see for you know three or four different teams, if you like, within that squad. And I think that's what I said earlier on. I think he's finally got his mind made up, you know, what he needs, what is his best team. And, um, you know, going forward, that's got to be positive. It's mad how fast it changes, though, isn't it, Sarah? Because I think it was only two weeks ago or three weeks ago that I did the most maudlin, miserable episode we've ever done of this after that Swansea game with, um, <laughs> with two Forest fans. We spoke very well, but... You know, the world was crumbling at that point. And now, now I'm, you know, talking about looking up the table. We could be here in two weeks again, looking right over our shoulders and being worried about the relegation zone, couldn't we, I suppose, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all fickle, aren't we? Win a game and it's great and lose a game and, and suddenly, they're, you know, they're, they're down and, and done with. But I think probably Gary's got a decent point. You can't look too far ahead. They've got to concentrate on getting themselves out. They're still in a dangerous position at the minute. They can't get complacent and, and think that they're not 
because the, the gap isn't that small. So they've got to concentrate on making sure that they're safe first and foremost. And, and anything beyond that, then is a bonus that will take care of itself. If you get the points to make sure that you're safe, then, you know, you'll push yourself up the table and then you just see what happens. I think it's it, it's um, it's a bit you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. I think it's encouraging. I think they've made good strides and things are looking positive. Um, but I guess that's the, that's just the nature of being a football fan, isn't it? If you if you win a game, then all of a sudden, you know, you're world beaters. And if you lose a game, then you're going to get relegated. It's, it's probably par for the course. But the players themselves, they've just got to keep their heads and keep cool and focus, focus on the next game and, and yeah, just take it one step at a time, I think. The one thing you don't want to be is reliant on, on anybody else to help you mm. out. You want to take that out of the equation. If you, I mean, if, just to say, if Forest win the next three games, that takes you well into um, mid-table. And then you look at, you reassess things maybe and look at the table again and see what's going on around you. And, you know, it, it, it can soon change. Things can happen. But you have to stabilise things. And Chris has finally... Seeming to, seeming to do that at the moment, get out of that situation we're in, take the pressure off yourself, and then back back end of the season, maybe you can just play with total freedom with the you know the players you've got within that team and that squad, and you never know what's possible. You, you know you have to say if you do get those victories quickly, and things you know you you are on the periphery maybe a little bit. We all know what pressure comes to the teams at the top going towards the end of the season because the prize at the end of it is the Premier League. You know, so teams do stutter. Some teams do fall behind. So win the games now, get yourself out of that trouble and then look at it again and think, well, you know, what, what we got to do now? And that, that's all you can do. But you've got to beat Bournemouth. That's the only thing in your mind. Don't be on that. Bournemouth is the, the one thing. Three points against them. You put pressure on everybody else around you. True. I just want to make it clear to people in the comments, I'm not saying Forrest are going to make the playoffs or even try to get anywhere near the playoffs. <laughs> oh, you know, that'd be fanciful. It would. But, uh, it would. You know, you, you, you've got to have a lift. You've got to look for positives in everything at the moment. You know, you're looking for, you know, any positive you can from COVID at the moment. You know, you're just hoping that, you know, everything goes well with the vaccinations and everything. And it's the same with, you know, football. You're looking for that little bit of a positive thing. And we're seeing little shoots at the moment. Um, yeah, it would, people say, oh, it's only Wickham and Coventry. But you've still got to beat Wickham and Coventry. You know, Coventry were on a half-decent run. Uh, you know, you, they were good at home, but we went there. Yeah, it was an own goal that won. It doesn't matter. It says Coventry 1, Nottingham Forest 2. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you get the result, as long as you get that result. I'd rather win 1-0 and play awfully than play wonderfully well and lose 2-1. You know, that's what football's all about. We all like to entertain. We all like to, you know, be flamboyant. But you can't all the time. Go and win a football match any way you possibly can. And by winning those two games, that confidence is there. And with Glenn Murray coming in and the, the other two lads coming in as well in midfield, there's a spark there now. There's a, you know, I think a, a thing within the fans as well. They can see that there is real quality within that midfield and instead of going square and back, the first thing I said, like I said before, they're turning, they're going forward, they're, they're trying to commit things further up the pitch, they're trying to put def- uh, defenders under pressure. 
Because I think, you know, at times Forrest have been easier to play against because of that one lone striker. But now, I think there's a, there's a difference there, a marked difference. And I think teams will be a little bit fearful of playing Forrest now. And they'll be looking a little bit more at, you know, the players in that squad and what they've got to do to stop them. And that won't be easy because, you know, we have now got that quality in midfield, that creative element. And we've got a player up front who is master of his trade, if you like, uh, in that position, you know, even at 37. I've, I've seen Ibrahimovic this season because of Italian football. And I'll tell you what, he still looks, he's, he's older, he's nearly, I think he's 40, isn't he? And you look at Tom Brady last night at the Super Bowl, 43. You know, the desire's still there. You know, they won the Super Bowl last night with Tom Brady as quarterback. You know, one of the greatest players has ever been. So age sometimes um, is the wrong way to look at things. So, you know, Glenn Murray, keep him in at the weekend. Big game, big player. Go and take it away from Bournemouth. Uh, he's 39, Satan. And sorry to anyone who was trying to avoid the Super Bowl results until after work tonight. If there's anyone watching this who knows now that Tampa Bay won. But that's your own fault. You should have looked at the result this morning. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, very good. And my point was, a very ham-fisted point, I think it's nice to just enjoy a Forest win and feel optimistic. I mean, what was the last game that you really enjoyed Forest winning and felt relaxed in? Um, it was probably that Leeds game a year ago, I think. It probably was, wasn't it? It probably was. And they weren't too, even after that, when they were winning, you didn't really, it was a bit, yeah, seat of your pants stuff. So to actually mm. win a game against Wickham and, you know, like Gary says, yeah, it's Wickham, blah, blah, blah. But to actually win a game against championship championship team comfortably and enjoy it is positive. So, um yeah, let's all enjoy looking upwards and uh, finish it there. Gary, thanks very much for stepping off the bench at the last minute. I do appreciate it, bailing yeah. us out as normal. It's, it's, it's one of the rare times I've had to come off the bench because I didn't actually be on the bench. I was not like, actually on the bench very often. <laughs> there you go. I tee you up for an open goal and you put it in like a good striker. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, thank you very much as normal. Thank you. I'm always on the bench, so... No, you're the first choice. (laughs) Right. Um, I'll be back. When will we be back? Uh, There'll be a second episode this week recording with um, a former player that's a bit different to normal, who a player who's just left Forest more recently. And then I'm doing a special episode on Wednesday um, with two former managers about what it's like to be a manager uh, of any football club, but particularly Nottingham Forest. So that'll come out in a week or two, and that one should be good. Uh, otherwise we'll be back with a normal episode after the Bournemouth game next week where Gary may or may not get the call we'll have to wait and see have you had Guy uh, Guy Moosey on yet? Uh, no Uh, he'd he'd be wonderful he would he's he's such a decent guy Um, I was with him in uh, New York funnily enough Uh, not this Christmas Christmas before it's my daughter's 21st and um, we went there for four days and he was over there we were with the Forest Supporters Club in New York and uh, get you what a lovely, intelligent guy he is. Uh, try and get him on. He'd be he's, he's excellent value, very articulate, and a really, really nice bloke. I'll text him. I've got his number, so I shall try. Guy Moosey, um, if you're listening to this, Gary Burtles is lobbying to get you on, so please do come on. Um, right, I got right to the end, and then a really good finish there, I thought, and now I've got to finish it again in a less uh, bumbling way. I don't really know how to do it. So thanks very much to everyone who listened. We'll be back uh, later in the week and then with a normal episode next week. Like Gary says, um, do stay safe with COVID and everything and have a good week. We shall see you all soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah.